Um, you know, technically the fast is over on a Saturday midnight, um, but if you can come uh, Sunday morning and break fast together, that would be fantastic. Uh, by now, you are looking at, you know, making reservations at where you want to eat and things. <laughs> Um, so we're continuing on this morning on John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And uh, we left off with a very dramatic scene where uh, the Jews, Jesus is speaking of his identity, of where he came from, the, the very special dynamic and relationship that he has with the Father, that, that, that he's the, you know, essentially sent by the Father claiming to be the Messiah. Um, and so towards the end of chapter 10, in a very dramatic fashion, the Jews at this point can't contain it anymore, pick up stones against to throw at Jesus and basically saying, stop saying that you're the son of God. Um, and then we come to chapter 11. Um, there's a lot of verses here. There's a lot of details. Um, I'll do my best to cover everything. Uh, but basically, there's a family, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, that Jesus was particularly uh, close with. He was close to their family. He loved each of them. Um, he had a, a, a relationship with them. And so Lazarus falls sick and is informed, Jesus is informed that Lazarus is sick. And so Mary and Martha, uh, they know that all, because they have this relationship, they know that all they have to do is inform Jesus that Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. They knew that that would be enough information to have concern for Jesus for him to come. Um, Jesus is delayed, and as a result, Lazarus dies. And uh, so this is the account we're going to pick up, chapter 11, starting from verse 17. Starting from verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said to him, she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. I want to skip down to verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. In verse 35, Jesus wept. 
Amen. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Um, we talked about uh, Jesus being fully God and Jesus being fully man. We talked about Jesus, though he was fully God, uh, relinquishing his power and authority. Uh, and I gave a couple examples of how uh, Peter even walked on water. And I gave a scripture reference that Jesus says, you know, you'll do these things and even more. Jesus is talking about uh, his followers, his disciples. Uh, and so how is that possible? How is it possible that we can do uh, what Jesus did? How is it possible that Peter was able to walk on water? Peter certainly is not God. Um, and I, want to, I wanted to make this clear statement in case there was any, you know, uh, 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 disconnect. There was never a point in Jesus' life when he was never not God. Okay? There was never a point in Jesus' humanity and, and living this life where he wasn't God. But he gave up. He relinquished. So, I, I, you know, scripturally, I think a lot of the things he did, he did in his humanness, you know, in that aspect. And then, and then the, that's why he relied on the Father. That's why he was filled by the Holy Spirit. And the things he did, he did in the human body form that he did with the power of God. Does that make sense? Okay. I want to dispel another thing because I think if you don't catch this one early on, you may not admit it, you may not say it, but somewhere in the recesses of your thoughts, it's back there, right? You guys know how that works, right? You, 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 know, you know, you're loving relationship, a trusting relationship, but then there's this one little thing in the back and the kind of back of the mind is always kind of operating there and sometimes it manifests without you even knowing, right? You guys, you guys are aware of that? Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, husband, wife, relationship or work relationship would be a perfect example. You know there's trust, you know there's love, but sometimes if there's certain issues that aren't resolved, sometimes you don't even know it and it manifests. Does that make sense? Right? So is that fair to say the same thing with Jesus? We say we love him, we certainly do, all these things, we're close, but there might be certain thoughts or beliefs about God unchecked that may then manifest. Right? We may then react or respond in a way that actually isn't in love or in belief. And, and I think this is one of them. One of, the, one of the ideas is this. Oh, Jesus is God. Man, you know, life was a cakewalk, right? If I had that kind of power, if I had that kind of faith, I mean, if I was God and came and I knew everything, then, then you know, 33 years, what's, what's, what's the beef, right? So I think the idea is like, oh, it was, it was easy. It was a cakewalk. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. It's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, uh, the scriptures reminds us that Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered, right? It's a, a very clear imagery and picture of Jesus suffering, uh, uh, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know, Bob Sorge uh, gave a sermon on Saturday night. If you haven't listened to it, man, do yourself a favor uh, and, and listen to it. Uh, we see Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, emotional, relational turmoil between him and the Father and his followers and, 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 and you know, all the thoughts and concerns. He was tempted 40 days. He got angry. Remember, we, we learned about that. You know, Jesus flipping tables, you know, chasing out the money changers. And once again, uh, in, this, in this chapter 11, uh, John represents or brings, gives the account of the seventh miracle that John records in, in, uh, in the book of John. And so it's the seventh miracle. It's unparalleled. Uh, raising someone from the dead, the most dramatic. And it says here in the very last verses that Jesus wept. 
that he was filled with emotion, that he was saddened, you know, that these were his friends. You know, when, when Peter, uh, uh, the, you know, of the night of his betrayal, Judas would come and, uh, uh, you know, Peter is willing to give his life. And he's not a trained soldier by any means. And, and when the guards come, he tries to, you know, get one of them and, and ends up missing and, and slicing the ear. And Peter, you know, before that event says, you know, I'll never let anyone harm you. I'll never let anyone take you to the cross. Right. And um, and so they I mean, it's one thing for the crowds who don't know him to be like, Jesus, Jesus, you know, you know, uh, we celebrate you. We, we worship you. You know, we want, we want to make you the Messiah. But then those closest to you, someone like Mary, Martha, Lazarus, you know, Peter, people that he'd been walking with that know him intimately. And, and it's two ways. It's one. Don't leave us. You know, we, we love you. and We need you. And on the other hand, doubly, it's like, man, because I love you, I'll never let you go. Those are all very endearing and very loving things to say. You know, something you would, you, you would welcome and want, right? If someone said that, you, you, you would feel so valued and loved. And yet Jesus, there was a part of him that had to like battle that. There's a part of him that's like, man, I know you're saying this in love, right? But God has another plan for me. I have to go to the cross. And so, so at one point, uh, and we'll get back to that a little bit later, but just here, another picture of just Jesus' humanity. And I want you to know that Jesus struggled. I want you to know that Jesus went through the whole gamut of emotions, um, that he suffered, and he genuinely wept. He genuinely cared. He saw Israel. He saw the people. He saw his friends. He saw them hurting, you know, weeping, and it moved the heart of God. And that is so comforting to know that it moved the heart of God. That the things that break our hearts, that the things that, that, that cause us to struggle, that he wants us to come to him and call to him and call out his name, and it moves his heart. And so just a great reminder. Um, Lazarus was in the tomb four days. Um, and he comes and Mary and Martha are broken and, and they say, man, if you were here, we know none of this would have happened. And then uh, um, Jesus says to her, you know, uh, um, that basically, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to rise. He's, I'm going to call him out in so many words. And, uh, and then Martha says, um, yeah, I know. I believe. I believe in the resurrection. I know one day that he'll be brought back to life. Um, it's interesting to know that even though they knew one day he would be brought back to life, it, it didn't still negate you know, the hurting or the suffering, even, even that kind of faith. Even though she had this solid foundation in faith that, she, uh, that he would rise again and that they would be together again, you know, there's still a natural human mourning process. Uh, and so Jesus responds to her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Verse 25. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then she says in verse 27, she said to him, Yes, Lord. Yes, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful picture here. What an incredible uh, 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 process and, 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 and just dialogue that's going on here. In the midst of her pain, in the midst of her loss, but in the presence of God, 
She's able to proclaim and worship even in her pain. There's proclamation even in her pain, even in the midst of her difficulty, even in the midst of her loss, there's proclamation of the Christ. And Pastor Sam's song, if you missed the sermon uh, yesterday as well, it was fantastic. We had a, it felt like a full house yesterday and Sunday, uh, just coming together, worshiping, listening to the sermon. It was, it was, it was fun. Uh, we got special drinks. We gave Milo to everyone. Uh, that's never going to happen, only during the fast. I actually wanted to give uh, 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 some snacks and stuff. Um, you know, anyways. Um, and so she's given this proclamation. And Pastor, Pastor Sam was saying, even in our weakness, even in our suffering, uh, there seems to be this space that only in suffering, only in the pain where God seems to create this space. It's like he's ex- excavating. You know, the taller the building, the taller the skyscraper, the deeper the levels and layers of the foundation, right? If you're going to build a one-story house, you don't need to do any digging. If you're, if you're going to build a two-story house, I don't think you have to do any digging. But if you're going to build anything substantial, anything that's going to be a legacy, anything that's going to last, then you've got to go deep. And, and so it seems like, spiritually speaking, that it, you know, in, in God's economy, that, that somehow there's something reserved for those that go through difficulty and pain and hardship and loss, that, that there's this excavation, literally parts of their life is being torn out. But as a result of that, the flip side of that, the, the, the grace side of that, the redemptive side of that is that, that God then comes and fills those spaces. If you allow Him, if you allow Him, God then comes and fills those empty, vacant places that have been excavated. And then as a result, then we're able to encounter God in a deeper way. And then also then minister to people uh, who are also seeking God in that way. Um, Jesus wept. You know, so she makes this proclamation even in the midst of her pain. Jesus is deeply moved. Jesus wept. And then he goes out and uh, is taken to the tomb. And uh, Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes out and, 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 and you know, he's still wrapped up in his uh, ceremonial you know, funeral uh, 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 clothing cloth. And they unbind him and they let him go. What's interesting about this account, um, and it's hard to digest or swallow, is that Mary and Martha, when, her, when their brother was sick, and they give the message to Jesus, Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. And they knew that that's all that was needed for Jesus to be concerned. And he, they knew that they had that type of relationship. So follow me for a second, okay? Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, close to Jesus, uh, uh, probably supported the ministry, probably had many meals together, uh, conversations. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, there's a handful of places where, where you get to see these type of relationship within the context of the scriptures. And they had such confidence, right? Why? Because they love Jesus. And they know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loves them. And they say, you know, send word to Jesus that the one he loves, Lazarus, obviously our family, you know, Mary and Martha, this whole community is sick. Because they had absolute faith that if Jesus heard heard this, that, that he would come. And indeed he did come. Okay? You guys see the backdrop of that? Right? There's this trust. There's this Build, there's this relationship. Oh yeah, Pastor Sam, you know, I have a relationship. Or yeah, my house searches. Yeah, certainly if I have a need, you know, they're going to be there. They're going to be praying for me. Okay? But then the scriptures tells us that Jesus delayed two days. 
after hearing this news that Lazarus was sick, the scriptures tells us that he delayed two days. It was intentional. He waited two days. And then after two days, he went. And that's why he got there on the fourth day, right? And uh, he was already four days in the grave. Um, and so there's a couple things, there's a couple layers here. You know, Jesus says uh, uh, to the disciples that Lazarus's sickness is not for his, you know, will not lead to his death, but that the glory, that God will be glorified, right? So Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. Jesus has a plan. Jesus has timing. He knows, you know, they don't, nobody knows, but he knows that even if Lazarus died, dies, that Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. Um, so it's intentional. He delays two days. At the same time, he must know that during these two days that his close friends are going to be agonizing and weeping and broken beyond, you know, beyond belief, beyond life. Right? And so he goes. Uh, uh, and, then, and then this whole ordeal unfolds. And, and so we see here that sometimes, sometimes God delays Sometimes God doesn't answer. You know, it, we take consolation in the fact, even in this, that Lazarus dies, right? And, they, and the people go through the whole gamut of emotions. And yet still two days later, Jesus comes and there's mourning. And, and yet Jesus is seeing Mary and Martha, you know, like, I didn't come on time. You know, I didn't, I didn't answer it the way you thought. You know that I love you, but I came late. And so either one or two things, you're giving me the benefit of the doubt. There must have been a reason why he's late. Or you're thinking other thoughts as to why is he late? Are, you know, is there something more important? And so you can imagine a whole range. And so then Jesus comes and says, do you believe? You love me. You know me. You've trusted your life to me. I didn't come on time in your books, but do you still trust me? And, and in that, Mary is able to give proclamation even in her pain. And so I think for us this morning, the same thing. Have there been times in our past? Have there been places where God is delayed? Now, again, we take consolation because in this narrative, in this, in this event, we know that at least two days later, you know, four days later, Jesus comes and resurrects, right? And so, wow, that's awesome. That's like the type of, you know, narrative and story that we all look for and end for. And so no matter how long your delay is, whether it's two days, whether it's two months, you know, whether it's two years, whether it's two decades, how long is your delay? How long is Jesus's delay? And yet in the midst of that pain and suffering and brokenness, and we know that Jesus suffers and is broken with us and then he weeps, are we able to proclaim God's goodness and proclaim God's faithfulness even in the midst of our brokenness? Amen. That really is a message. And so whatever we're waiting for, whatever is delayed, whatever has not happened, whatever we're waiting for God, you know, would we, we believe, you know, two days makes sense, two months, okay, two years, okay, two decades, you know, you know that's a long time, but man, I got to trust God. What else I got? What about a lifetime? What about a lifetime of delay? What if you go through 60 years of delay? And the very thing you've contended for and prayed for has not come to fruition, right? Do we have the faith that Mary and Martha have? That God, I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection. Even in the end, I believe that you will bring back to life and resurrect. 
Let's so let's bow our heads this morning. Jesus first refused to grant their request, and then he fulfilled it after showing that he does things according to the timing and will of God, not man. And so let's come before the Lord this morning, and um, let's just spend some time meditating. Can we proclaim the goodness of God even in the midst and middle of our pain? Even in the midst of delay? What have you been praying for? What have you been contending for? What have you been waiting for? There's certainly understandably room for Mary and Martha in that type of dynamic in relationship with God to question or to, or to wonder at, at the very least. But then in that, to birth a proclamation. And so this morning... Wherever that is for you, I want to make an invitation. Wherever that, where, whatever you've been contending for, wherever there has been delay, whether it's been two days, four days, two months, two years, or two decades, do we have faith in the resurrected Christ even to say, even if it's two lifetimes, even if it's three lifetimes, God, I trust in your delay. I proclaim you even in the pain. And so let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. Let the Holy Spirit identify and bring out to you areas in our lives that we may be holding back or holding something against or, or, or really hurt or, or have taken, you know, that hurt. You know, uh, at first it was just pain, but then it became bitterness. And, and you may not even know it. It may be operating in the back recesses of your mind and, and, and you may not know it. It just manifests without you even knowing. And so let the Holy Spirit identify those places. And this morning I invite you, I make an invitation to you to come before God and say, Lord, not my timing, but your timing. God, not my timing, but your timing. Even in death, even in loss, I will proclaim the name of Jesus, the resurrected Christ. I believe in you. I trust in you. I just want to make that invitation for you guys this morning and just come before the Lord. Just spend a few moments in prayer in that.